And today I'm fired up to finish and resume a message that we started last week. All right, we started a brand new message. My very own sugar boo, Pastor Jessica, kicked it off for us. Did y'all enjoy that? Anybody love her? I, I love her more though. She's my sugar boo. Uh, but she did a great job of kicking this off. Right, and we really, we use the scripture Exodus 6, 5 through 8. You can go ahead and turn there if you want, Miss Brittany. It was our foundational scripture. And so we've been talking about the, the promises of God and what God declares he will do for us. Uh, well, as we kick this off, we really talked about a statement that God declares before he says what he's going to promise for us. He says that he first hears us. Right? And so Jessica did a great job of laying that foundation last week. We're going to talk about the seven I wills today. But she did, she did a great job of, of, of reminding us that we can believe that God will for us because God first hears. Anybody believe in prayer? God hears your prayers. Prayer is important. That's why we were praying and interceding for our forever family this morning, right? And there's an importance. We have to pray in understanding, she taught us. We have to pray in our own language. We have to pray in our own understanding. And we got kind of into the controversial realm of talking about the importance of praying in the Spirit. If you do not pray in the Holy Spirit, I hope and pray that you would begin to seek that in the Word of God and ask God for that because that is the, one of the most mightiest tools that you can have to fight with. Have you ever had a, a moment in your life so dark or so tough or so rough you don't even know how to begin to pray? I have those moments a lot. And it's in those moments that I begin to pray in the Spirit. And the Word says that my Spirit actually prays in perfect harmony for me to the Father that the enemy can't even decipher or know what I'm praying. Come on, somebody. That's power. That's something I want. That's something, you know, even when I'm working or, or driving, sometimes I'll see your faces. And if I know maybe something's going on, if we've met and talked, I'll pray for you in understanding. But if, if I see your face, I'm like, Holy Spirit, show me something. I don't know how to pray. Guess what I'm doing? I'm praying in the Spirit for you. Amen? That's power. And then we also talked about, she taught us, Pastor Jessica, the importance that the, the Holy Spirit actually prays for us. Jesus, it says, is ever interceding at the right hand of God, interceding for you and for me to find grace, to find mercy, to find salvation. Amen. So that when we die one day in this fleshly body, I'll be able to take up a new heavenly body, and it's going to be amazing living with him in heaven. Amen. So that's kind of the rundown. We talked about that last week, okay? Today, we're going to focus on the seven I wills. We're going to give you the first three. There's a lot into this, and so I'm excited with really God raising the expectation of our faith, coming back to a place that says, you know what, God, I believe that you can because you said that you will. Amen? So verse 5, here in Exodus 5 through 8, it says, and I have also heard the groanings of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians kept in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and there it is, the first one, I will. If you want to underline all these, that's what I did. Underline them, highlight them as we're going through it in your Bible. Or if you're following along with us on our, our online um, um, outline app, highlight these. He, the first one says, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with a great judgments. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land. Somebody say land. Which I swore to give, your, um, give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the found fa fa fathers 
of, of Israel. I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. God wants to do these things, and he will do these things for you if you will let him. He will do it for you if you will let him. Less of me, God, more of you, Father. God, I choose faith over fear. I choose faith over doubt. God, I choose hope and expectation over death, despair, depression in Jesus' name. God, I believe that you can because you said that you will. And I know some of you Bible scholars, man, maybe are thinking, you know what? This is Old Testament stuff. Man, this is like from Exodus chapter 5. Man, we got Jesus. You know what? Jesus fulfilled the law to completion. This is foreshadowing. This is actually a promise that Jesus fulfilled from the breath and the mouth of God. It, 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 uh, it proves the authenticity and the sovereignty of Jesus Christ because through him, which we're going to talk about today, these I wills are yes and amen through him. Yeah. Right? It, it's the authenticity of God. He says, the deeper you look, the deeper I'll take you. Amen? So today we're going to begin to look at those I wills. Like I said, I'm going to go ahead and, and give you the seven short version for if you want to write it down. So the first one was he's bring you out. Uh, second one, rescue you, redeem you. Take you or adopt you as my children, be your God, bring you into the land, the promised land, uh, and that the last one, he will give it to you. He will do those things if we let him. And when God says, I will, let's look at that next scripture. When God says, I will, it's a yes. Somebody say yes. Yeah. Uh, it may not, that doesn't mean now, but it means yes, <laughs> Right? We're impatient people. We're a fast food society. We go to McDonald's, we order our thing, and if it's like longer than two minutes, we're like, come on. <laughs> right? And then it's probably wrong. Ah, maybe not. Uh, in Jesus' name. But so we have to, we got to know that this is a long distance race. Right? And God's, God's yes, or his I will is always a yes. 2 Corinthians 1.20, I use this scripture all the time, I, you hear me say it, God's promises through Jesus Christ are yes and amen, right? I'm just bad with addresses. I can't ever remember the address, but I know it's in there somewhere. So this week, we're going to give you the address, right? 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled through who? Christ. Well, with a resounding yes. With a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen extends to God for his glory. If you study amen out, it means let it be. It also means I agree. Let it be, God. I agree that your promises are yes and amen through Christ Jesus with a resounding yes. Not a resounding right now, but a resounding yes. He can and will do it for us. So when it gets hard, when, uh, when it gets darker, when, it's, when, it's, when it gets rough, when it gets tough, God still says yes. He can. He will stay the course. And you have to have faith, faith, faith. And faith. Amen. Let's look at that next point. It ties me into my next point. The key to receiving the promises of God, the key to believing that God can actually show up on your behalf in the midst of a storm, a trial, and the, the hardships of life, we have to begin to fan that flame of faith in our lives. Faith is what agrees with God. So our yes to his yes brings glory to God and the manifestation of the promises of God in our lives. It's only by faith that our faith says yes to God. 
Your faith is how you say yes to God. Have you ever saw that before? God says yes to us, but my yes to God is saying, okay, I'm going to believe by faith. And that's how I, I, I can be able to say, pray and say, amen, let it be, because I agree with what the Father says. I agree with what the Father says about my life. And uh, I begin to not see my life in the eyes of the enemy or even my own eyes. I begin to see my life in his eyes, right? And I begin to see the, I begin to see the potential, not the problem. Come on, somebody. I begin to see the potential and the vastness of God and what he can do for me. And the problem is just becomes, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller as I live by faith and God gets bigger and bigger and bigger and my hopes get bigger and bigger and my expectations get bigger and bigger, right? And as God continues to answer more prayers, more prayers, more miracles begin to happen, my faith begins to, to grow and get bigger and bigger. Did anybody experience that worship this morning? Maybe it was so powerful because this whole weekend we've been praying and fasting and people have been getting set free and God is saying, see, you trusted me. I want to do something bigger. And he begins to build on our faith. It's, on, it's the only way I can agree is to believe. Anybody know what Hebrews 11.1 1 says? Where's all my smart folks? Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is how I agree with God because God sees the things that haven't happened to my life yet as already as though that they are. And that's how I, by faith, begin to agree with him. You know, you can't walk with God in faith and walk with the devil in doubt at the same time. You'll be stretched to death, literally. It's the opposite directions. So I either agree with God and who I am and who he says I am and what I can do, or I believe in the devil and the lies and who he says that he, that he thinks that I am. Right? He's wrong. He's a liar. Does anybody know what Philippians 1.6 says? It says, have faith. God has already seen it. Or I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. He, uh, Philippians 1.6 says, he who has begun a good work will, somebody say will, there's another I will, see it to completion. He who has begun a good work will see it to completion. Have faith that God's already seen it because if he started it, he sees it to the end. That's good. That's how I agree and believe through faith. So, look at that next point. So, we really have to start with faith before I can believe that these I wills are not just real, but that God can, can answer my prayers. Right? So, God, through Jesus, I will, says, I will bring you out from under the burden. That's that first I will in Exodus um, 5. Of that heavy labor of the enemy. They were under the bondage of Israel. You and I are under the heavy burden of sin, life, our decisions, the world, right? And it's this divine intervention to enter into his rest, to be yoked with him who's Jesus. Uh, sin is a, is a hard taskmaster. It drives us with harsh labor and pain. Jesus frees us from the whip of our oppressor and walks beside us carrying the weight of life on its shoulders. So we all have a choice to make. Every single day that you have breath in your body and you wake up and your feet hit the floor, you have a choice to make. Am I going to believe in what God says? Or am I going to believe what Facebook says? Am I going to believe what Fox News says? Am I going to believe what that crazy aunt that never liked me says? Am I going to believe those things that happened in my past that I'm still defined by the things that I've done says? 
Or do I believe that the king of kings, the great I am, the alpha, the omega, has my back. And not just has my back, he lives inside of me. A good way to start, uh, we talked about this last night, how I can begin to fan that flame of faith early in the morning is when I wake up, I just say, good morning, Holy Spirit, right? I know so many of us do that. It's a great way to set your day. And that's how we begin to do that. And so, see, Jesus, he's a great master. Sin is a terrible master. Jesus lightens the load, lifts the burden. Sin compounds that load. And I feel heavier and I feel weaker and I feel more dead and depressed. And a lot of us are piling that junk on there ourselves. God ain't doing that. We're doing that to ourselves. And the enemy's just like, laughing. We're rolled over like little dogs. Just someone was even putting up a fight. You already know what you should be doing and you're just rolling over. Right? God says believe and I can give you rest and peace. Right? Look at Matthew 11, 27 through 30. Since my father has entrusted everything to me, no one truly knows the son except the father, and no one truly knows the father except the son, and those who know the son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. We need his rest. We need his leadership. We need his gentle heart, he says. The thing is, everybody, uh, everybody, how do they say that? Er, say that with me. Everybody is stinking weary. Just look at the patience level in people's lives nowadays. We are just lost as lost can be. Believers, too. Right? Just sucked into whatever. And all of us are weary. None of us are walking in the, not just the rest and the peace of God, but the power of God. You know, you can't have the power of God if you haven't first had your rest. Right? Uh, last, last night when we went home, uh, me and Jessica, y'all, we slept. Amen. And today when we go home after our other meeting after church, we're going to get a holy nap. Oh, it's going to be so good. The dogs and little Xander. Yeah. But the power of God, uh, he showed up. He flowed through us. Right? And if you just keep ministering or you just keep living your life day to day to day to day and you don't get any rest, you know you got to sleep sometime. Are you going to be strong or are you going to be weak? A lot of us are weak and we stay weak and we actually get worse and decrease because we are not filling ourselves up Monday through Sunday. Sunday through Sunday. We come to church. We get excited. Yeah, hopefully Pastor Ian preached a, a fire message, I hope. Or Pastor Keith preached a fire message. And worship was awesome. But then, you know, I wake up Monday morning and then am I depressed the rest of the week just waiting, looking forward to Sunday again? Or am I doing something, activating my faith every day? Is it five minutes of prayer, whatever it is, uh, some worship while I'm working or worship when I get home or am I in my word, am I, am I doing my own study? And that's how we stay rested, 
filled up and ready to minister in power. Right? Ministering on empty is dangerous. We think we're hearing from the Lord, and we're not. And if you ever hear me say, I feel like the Holy Spirit saying, don't take that as the gospel truth from Jesus Christ himself, because I miss it. But most of the times, it's, it's pretty right on, right? So if someone prays for you, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying this, you better receive that word, but pray about it and, and seek God on it because we're human. We can miss it. Hey, and a bunch of us Christians are, are ministering on empty. Whoa, buddy. What Jesus say, right? Watch out. There'll be people that come in my name, false prophets, teachers, and they didn't even know me, right? That's dangerous. That's what the enemy wants to do. That's how he keeps us down. That's how he stifles the growth of God. So that next point. So Jesus, he, he's a great master. He says he'll bring us out from under that burden of sin, enemy, shame, guilt, all those things. Okay? The next I will that we read this morning from Exodus, it says that he will rescue us. Okay? And when we let God lead, hear me, he, he gets us out of whatever we got ourselves into. When we let God lead our lives, he gets us out of the mess that we, we caused ourselves. Y'all remember the Israelites in the desert, right? After God bring, uses Moses to bring them out from under Pharaoh, now they're waiting and, and trying to find the promised land. What did they do? They got lost, right? For how many years? 40, right? They were doing it their way for 40 years. <laughs> and then when they let God do it, they... they, they it's the same for us. When we let God lead our lives, he gets us out. He rescues us. So that point, it says, God through Jesus will rescue us from bondage, slavery, sin. This is a supernatural work of grace. It is the grace of God that even when I'm lost doing my own thing in the desert, whatever my desert looks like, God says, well, Jesus prays on your behalf to the Father and says, give him grace. Give him grace. I know it don't look good, Father. <laughs> It don't look good right now. God, but he has a mustard seed of faith. Remember them seeds that were planted by his father, by his grandfather, by, by that pastor at, at church? That their, their father, give them grace. Give them grace. Because there's a day, there's a, it's coming, right? It's his grace. We no longer are slaves, but we're born again as sons and daughters of God, and we are free. Somebody say free. And we are free. If Jesus Christ has rescued you, you know uh, where he's brought you from. Right? We can always act, even no matter what. If, we, if we're saved, we fall on our face, we mess up. You can always be saved. All you have to do is ask. If you're doing good, and you can always just ask. The thing is, a lot of people, I don't know if it's the pride inside of us. I don't know if it's the shame inside of us. I don't know if it's the doubt inside of us. But for some reason, man, we like to keep doing it our own way until we're just at the bottom of the bottom. We learn all the lessons the hard way, and God the whole time is like, if you just would have asked. If you just would have asked. Romans 10.9, I found another I will in the scripture of God because I did a little extra studying for us this week. Uh, we're talking about I wills, and here's another I will. It says, confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus will believe in your heart uh, that God has raised him from the dead, and you will, somebody say will, be saved. Romans 10.9, another I will. All you have to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you will be saved. 
God will rescue you. Look at John 8, 34, 36. Jesus replied, he says, I tell you the truth, everybody or everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the, what does that say? Family forever. A forever family. Jesus is the son of that forever family and actually the father of that forever family. And so 36 says, so if the son has set you free, believe it. You're truly free. So if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has set you free, please stay that way. If you're watching online and God has set you free, please stay that way. How do I stay that way? I agree with God. I believe that he can, that he will. I I can look at my life. Hopefully, if I've begun following Jesus, if it's been one day, one week, one month, one year, ten years, uh, I should be able to see a definite comparison of who I was and who Jesus has made me to be, right? That's our testimony in, in time lapse, right? I'm not who I was because I am now a new creation in Christ who has set me free. Now, it doesn't mean I live a perfect life. Ain't nobody perfect other than Jesus. But I am a work in progress of the perfection, the completed work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? That's all that he calls us to do. Look at Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And uh, Miss Brittany, I'm going to skip to four and only, for time's sake, read to six, okay? Everybody give Miss Brittany a hand this morning. She runs our media every week. She does such a good job. And so verse four, it says, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is not only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. We say this a lot. And I still, as a pastor, as just a believer, as a Christian, as a father, as a pastor, all the hats that I wear, it doesn't make sense to me I mean, it makes sense to me, but the vastness of the love of God and how he loves us so much, and he proves it because the kingdom of God is upside down and backwards. None of us deserve to be seated in heavenly high places with the king of kings. If we're really honest and we look at our lives, we look at the sin of our past, even Jesus saving us, we still miss it, and we still, we still choose idols over Jesus. We choose TV over Jesus. We choose a relationship over Jesus. We choose a job over Jesus. I still believe in Jesus, but we are so loved, and God proved how much he loved us by what he did on that cross that I really don't believe any of us are fully going to comprehend it, Until he says, enter in, my good and faithful servant. And we are just going to be in awe. It's going to be like, you loved me that much. He loves you that much. Because through Jesus Christ, God doesn't even see your sins. If he's your savior, he sees you through the lens of the blood of the lamb. And he says, going back to Jesus, interceding for us. If you have that blood applied to your life, just like the Israelites, right? Remember they put the blood of the lamb on the 
the doorposts of their uh, homes for Passover, if they had the blood applied, (laughs) he passed over. It's going to be the same for us on that judgment day. If you have the blood of God on your life, if you're marked for Jesus Christ, God, he won't just pass over. He'll say, come on in. Amen. That's how much God loves us. That's how much he loves you. Look at that last point I want to give you today. The last last I will we're going to look at today, it says, God says through Jesus that I will redeem you from the hand of the enemy. Jesus bought us back, literally paid the ransom and set us free with his body and his blood. Jesus paid a ransom for us. You know, we say that word ransom, but I don't think we actually stop and think about what that means. You know, there, if somebody, you see this in movies, somebody gets kidnapped, uh, a kid gets kidnapped, right, and they, the, if they want, the parents want to get the, the, their kid back, right, the, the, the kidnappers or whatever, they say, you can have them back, but there's, you're going to have to pay some money. Or we want like a million dollars and your kid will come back alive, right? It's the same for us. Like, the devil had persuaded the masses. The devil has persuaded the world. Uh, we're living in sin and darkness and bondage. Uh, and, and it's like he said, okay, God, if you're so perfect, they're, they're created in your image. And look, at they're acting like heathens. They're in sin. They deserve sin. They deserve death. They deserve hell. And it's going to happen. And, and, and if you want to do something, I'll go ahead. And God said, I'm going to pay a ransom. I'm going to send the best. I'm going to show you something, devil. And you know what? You know where the devil's supposed to be in our lives? Under our stinking feet. Man. Jessica says, man, your feet stink sometimes. <laughs> He's supposed to be under our stinking feet. So why are we allowing him to just hang out on our backs? Stop allowing him to hang out on your backs. You've been ransomed by the Most High. Not guilty. I was guilty, but on that day of judgment, Jesus is going to take my place. He's the best lawyer blood can buy. And he's going to say, not guilty, Satan, because he applied me to his life. Amen. Jesus took it back. He took the keys. Come on, somebody. You know, I don't know if I was going to do this, but I think I'm going to do it. I'm feeling kind of fired up this morning. You know, your pastor loves to sing, but I'm not that good of a singer. And so I think I'm going to do it, Sugar Boo. There's this old song about taking it back from the enemy. If you know it, and if you're not a good singer, but you like to sing like me, sing with me. Uh, and if you're good singers, don't like how bad it is, you better chime in too, I guess. And if you're at home online, man, you can sing as loud as you want. Amen. So it, it started, went a little while. I should have asked Brittany to get it for us. Dang it. It goes, well, I went to the enemy's camp. And I took back what he stole from me. Sound good, Annie? Took back what he stole from me. Yes, I took back what he stole from me. Yes, I took back what he stole from me. Yes, I took back what he stole from me. Yeah, that feels good, don't it? Don't that feel good? When you tell the devil who he is, remind him who he is. Don't be nice about it. He ain't nice about it when he comes after you and your kids and your grandkids and your job and your joy and your peace and your happiness and all those things, is he? 
What does my wife say? You can shake that thing and cut his tongue out with the truth of God. We've been ransomed by the Most High. That last scripture. 1 Peter 1, verse 18 through 19. It says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the enemy, uh, to save excuse me, saved you from the enemy life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold and silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Isn't it so amazing how, how Peter compares our ransom to the most valuable thing that you and I can relate to? Gold and silver. Those are the most valuable resources on the face of the planet. And Peter says, you haven't been ransomed by just mere gold and mere silver. You've been ransomed by the blood of the lamb, the spotless lamb. That's a bold statement. That's a bold act of love that God has shown us, that God has done for us. right? And with that bold act of not just kindness and love, comes a big responsibility on our lives. Because if I believe that, if I really believe that, man, I better stop just going with the flow. I better stop just taking days for granted. You ever talked with somebody who gets sick, maybe really sick, and when you get really sick, you begin to look at your life as a lot more valuable than you are when you're not sick. Right? You, you begin to think and question, like, this is actually, I'm going to die one day. Y'all know none of us are going to escape dying. <laughs> Why do we all think that, like, we're going to somehow? And if you talk to those folks, it really wakes them up. And they don't begin to take their days for granted anymore. And they begin to see the value of life. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to get into his presence. And so your life was so valuable and God wants to bless you and then he wants to bless others through you that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, the son of God who lived in a body like yours and mine without sin. He ne never sinned. And he went to the cross, beaten, beyond recognition, stripped of his clothes, crucified through his hands and feet, hung naked, all to say a forever statement from the beginning to the eternal end, when and wherever that is, whatever that looks like. God's outstretched arms as far as time can go, his forever statement was, I love you. I love you. So if you're here today and you've never asked God to be your Lord and Savior through Jesus Christ, right now is, right now is a perfect day to do that. Why would you not do that if he's speaking to you right now? So if you want to do that, you want to commit your life to Christ right now, I want you to stand up. Stand up. No one's watching. No one's looking. 
God is really speaking to you and you don't know if you're going to heaven or hell right now, man, I can, I can help assure you of your faith of where you can go. I don't want to see you lost. I don't want to see you perish. I want to be in heaven rejoicing with you one day. All of us are going to be up there. LCHP and LCA, our Arab campus. So I'll give you a few more seconds if you want to do that. You want to make that commitment. And if you're watching online, I guess I can't see you. Maybe you're standing. I don't know. Maybe I'll just lead us in a prayer. Okay, someone's standing at home this morning. Y'all, y'all, um, Say after me. So, Heavenly Father, God, we love you. God, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us when I doubt. God, when I doubt, give me faith. Jesus, keep praying for me. God, today, I believe and trust my whole life onto you. Save me by the blood and by your grace so that I can live in joy, peace, power, and rest. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give the Lord a big hand this morning. We love you guys very much, okay? Who's glad you come to church today and got to sing today? You tell everybody at work, man, come, come to church next Sunday. We'll sing together. Amen. Uh, Well, we love you guys. Okay, y'all are dismissed. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we hope to see you next week.